The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, Terry Looper neglected his family in pursuit of status in the business world, only to experience a major burnout. My brain shut down. I thought I had a nervous breakdown. I thought I lost my mind. I didn't know. And my wife took me to the bedroom, shut the door, and put me in bed, and I just cried. I didn't know what else to do. thought I lost my mind. After surrendering to God's will, Terry is now known as the founder of one of the largest privately owned companies in the U.S. Ben and I are thrilled to have you watching and listening. I think you're going to hear a remarkable story. Now think about this title, Sacred Pace. Not a space, not a place, a pace. Now why in the world would a very successful, you know, businessman and with a multi-billion dollar company, why would he be talking about pace? Well, Terry Looper has... Uh, got a very clear testimony on why pace matters. As a matter of fact, as a businessman who's very, very successful and experienced that success, uh, but it didn't give him meaning and fulfillment. All the money, all the attention, all that it can buy. Uh, there was a, a very wealthy man, perhaps the wealthiest ever lived, said all is vanity. That was Solomon. Well, he kind of experienced the reality of that. I want you to welcome our guest and the author of this book where I feel like, you know, Thomas Nelson published it because they try to publish something that'll really help people in a very transformative way. And I think it will. Would you welcome Terry Looper to life today? Would you, Terry? Thank you. Thank you. Good to see you. Now, your, your company is called Texan. Just tell our viewers, what do you do? What does your company do? Well, we're in the energy business and we... Um, do a lot of marketing of different products in the energy business, all kinds. And that's uh, called Midstream for some of you that know that, but otherwise most, most people don't. And so, um, uh, but we're 30 years old this spring. And uh, we've, we've had, uh, we've been blessed. <laughs> You've been one of the leading businesses in the state of Texas and in the country. Now, you got real successful and you actually in, the chapter titles are quite phenomenal. Uh, you actually start with a collision course. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think you were on a collision yeah, course. No. I mean, you were, you were ascending, you right, know, right, beyond right. anything you could dream. And then you talked about the crash. And so since that actually, I think, sets up the title of the book and what it implies and what you really would like for everyone to hear, tell me what was, what was going on there. Because you, from the world's perspective, would you say you were already quite successful at that time? Well, everybody's got their own expectations, and I had exceeded mine from a, a boy from a small town, and um, and but I started getting dizzy. I uh, got to where I couldn't make decisions, and then on a Saturday morning, um, I, my brain shut down. I thought I had a nervous breakdown. I thought I lost my mind. I didn't know, and my wife took me to the bedroom, shut the door, and put me in bed, and I just cried. I didn't know what else to do. Thought I lost my mind, and finally I got on the f 
knees and uh, prayed to the Lord to take control of my life because clearly I had not done a very good job of it. Well, lo and behold, I, di I didn't know it at the time, but I was born again. And I actually didn't realize it until about a year later. And people say, well, why did you not know it for a whole year? And I said, well, I had been tithing 10%. I had uh, been a deacon and I was getting ready to be ordained as an elder. And I prayed to Jesus and the Lord. Turned out, in retrospect, I just kind of thought he's my Santa Claus. Like, mm. like kind of, I'm Lord, and I'll, I'll let you, you know, what you do with Santa Claus when you're six years old, you tell him what you want, and he does it, <laughs> you know? And uh, so that's kind of my reference. So out of that, it, it started a sacred pace, and it's been over 30 years of, uh, and then, then, then it started Texan, about four years of wilderness, and then started Texan, and um, he, he taught me, the reason I wrote the book is he taught me a, um, a, a way to discern his will, which it calls the fourth step, but where I get peace in my gut, and I, and, and I felt like the average Christian, um, I thought it was teachable and tangible, and peace in your gut, and I, and I thought the average Christian had kind of lost faith in that they really could discern his will, his perfect will in your life on major business decisions, life decisions, all kinds of decisions. And uh, because he took an average Christian like myself and, and truly taught me how to discern his will in a way that I really believed it and convicted of it, then you can take those steps of faith and, and courage, jump off those cliffs because you, you just know he gave you the answer. You know, I think it's important for everybody to really pick up on something. You kind of referencing, well, I was a Christian, but you're actually going back to the Santa Claus type Christian relationship, right. which I feel like a lot of people have. I was christened uh, in the Episcopal Church. There's absolutely zero as far as any change. Betty was baptized and became a Sunday school teacher, a choir member, <clears throat> sweetest girl in the church. Yeah, and it was it was more of obedience for yeah, me. I thought mine if too. I was good enough, then God would, you know, would yeah. be there for me yeah. if I did everything right. But that wasn't that all. Work. I needed more. Yeah. You didn't even have a relationship with him, no, and I didn't either. And I, I met him at a head-on collision with Jesus. And uh, boy, I tell you, Betty and I learned something that I, this is where he got and where he kind of got in it even more. And I really think it's important for you to get it. A lot of people go to church, they get connected with the church or with religion, and they never really have a relationship mm -hmm. with the Father, uh, the Creator, and the one who wants to be their shelter and wants to give them holy direction, wise direction, meaningful direction. But in order for you to experience that, Jesus says you've got to be born from above. You don't just join a church, which we both did that. But I think a lot of people have joined the church, but and that's where you kind of were. Yeah. And you were even climbing the ladder. Oh, yeah. Church gives yeah. all these Went credentials. To Sunday school and everything. But you didn't know him. <clears throat> and so I came to know him. She saw Jesus in me. She came to know him. Our lives were changing. Here's what happened. It happened to you. People may not know how to explain it, but we lost our life in his kingdom purpose. Right. When we lost our life in his purpose, we found it. Amen. We found the abundant life that he said he came to give us. But we don't get it if we're trying to hang on to it or if we just get a religious identification, affiliation, association, membership, yeah. and we don't have relationship. Okay, 
So now you now. You, you needed to write this book. Yeah. Well, listen, no, no, this book is great. No, I'm going to tell you, so I, I don't, I don't think I, I've written a lot of books. I don't think I write as well as you do. And the reason is that you, you're taking a journey as a man that has had unbelievable success. You continue to have it. And yet in the midst of having all this success, it doesn't have you. Right. See, he wants to bless us, but he doesn't want our blessings to become idols. Amen. And that's what happens too often. All right, now, what, what happened here is <clears throat> that you wanted people to know what you do to have this sacred pace you talk about. In other words, you used to work too many hours. Now you actually talk about working like, what, you limit yourself to like 40 hours? When I started the company, that was the big, that was the big uh, aha to, in order now that I had a relationship with the Lord and my wife, finally, now that I was a decent husband and a decent father, I said, I'm not going to start my company and go backwards. And he convicted me through so this discernment. So became a, an issue to you. Yeah, All right. Time. Now you start talking about four steps. I'm, I'm going to read them here and then you expand on some of them in the brief time we have on television because sure. this, this is not Oprah or Dr. <laughs> Phil. Okay. okay <laughs> if you want to send more money, we might have an hour, but we don't. Here's the deal. You said, consult your friend Jesus, like talk to him, right? Right. I mean, like he hears you. Right. And like maybe he'll give you some advice. We hope so. Well, he, he, he says does. he will. He, does. He, no, he does. he says in John 15, yeah. he wants to be our friend. Absolutely. And he said, gather the facts, you said, and then watch for circumstances. You're saying circumstances can teach and then get neutral. Or just expand on some of these. When you say consult Jesus, do you mean like you can talk to him and you think he'd communicate with you? Well, you know, he says in 15, John 15 wants to be our friend, right? Mm -hmm. And then you start thinking about what's a friend look like, a good listener, a good supporter, somebody that loves you. And uh, he just also happens to see the future. He also happens to know best. We just think we do. <laughs> and he also happens to love us way, way more than we can. So I'm kind of going, wow, that sounds like a pretty good friend. I think I'm going to tap into that and go with it. Do you feel like as a businessman that you can actually hear his voice and he actually communicates with you where you know it's him and it's his advice? Well, I, what he does for me, uh, of course, I have my quiet times in the morning, every morning and all that. But what he does for me in these steps on these major decisions in life and business and huge business decisions, um, he gives me a piece in my gut that is undeniable once I go through uh, dying to self where I really want him his will more than mine. You know, Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane said, hey, Lord, I, I really like not to carry the weight of all humankind on our, my shoulders in, in their sin, but I want to do your will. Right. So he's, I mean, Jesus is instantaneous about. Well, if, if Jesus could say, here's what I want, but not my will, not my desire, exactly. but yours be done. And this is your will because we're going to redeem everybody with my life. But this is painful. I know what I'm going through. But he still said, and this is really the way we pray. We ask him, we share our heart, but we're going to accept his will because he always knows best. Right. And so if we ever move into that relationship, there's a it's piece huge. that passes understanding. It is. And, you know, the, the furthest distance they say is from the head to the heart. So me saying, oh, absolutely, I want to do the Lord's will. Well, that's up here. And I don't do anything. I, I, it's just noise to me. It's not until it drips down here and I finally say, no, I finally, after a lot of prayer and, and uh, time, and, and I finally say, okay, I'm finally willing to do what it is you want, whatever it is. And it's often something that I really don't want to do right then, but but like Jesus in the garden, as a, you know, from yeah, a man's point of view, it. 
but I did try to do it. I think when we when we learn how to build that relationship with Jesus, we recognize his works in our life, yes. that his way stands out so much different than our way and the way we would do things. Right. That through his word, he can confirm what his ways are and what he would have, which direction he would even have yeah. us to go. We recognize it because we spent time with him. It's just like we spend many years with each other. We know one another. Yeah. And so when you spend time with someone, Amen. you get to know them. Oh, no, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. Gather the facts. Where do you get those? Well, as you know, there's thousands and thousands of facts. It's which ones are relevant. And what, what I found in that, if, if, again, I call it getting neutral, which means dying to self or wanting his will more than mine. Um, before I would try to get neutral or die to self and pray to get that away, I would elevate the, the facts disproportionately that I wanted on my ledger of what I wanted. And I would dismiss the facts of the ones that um, I didn't like. <laughs> well, that isn't getting neutral. I mean, that's not going with him. Yeah, so, it's not that last so part it's, it's, you got to get to where you... It's called I, yielded clay, isn't it? It is, exactly. It's totally yielded. In the same way um, with opinions. You know, I used to think my opinions were facts often. You deceive yourself. Yeah, it's amazing how often that can happen. A lot of people so, think their opinion is the, the Word of God, and it's not. Yeah, and that's confusing. Yeah, and that's so very that, confusing. That's, that's the fact. That's why it's a process of prayer, surrender, gathering facts that you can't refute, which is the Bible, too. I know, yeah. You know, got to include that. And... and um, uh, I do pros and con list and motive list. A lot of times, my motive list, I, I see my sins coming out and my motives or, mm -hmm. you know, money or but whatever. But that doesn't have to be a miserable experience, does it? No. When he shows you what's wrong, he's going to make you better. It can be a happy experience. He's made me a lot better businessman once I, he, he really has because I'm, I'm more objective. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to uh, over try. And, and overrush everything, you know, he's slow as molasses anyway. So, so. <laughs> in relation to our time, people. Yeah. What do you want to happen when people read this book? Well, I, some of my friends say it's a love story, which, which I, w I wouldn't go that far. But, I, but the point being, the more I can get Jesus, the more I can get overwhelmed with his love, the more lovable I am the more I want to make a difference in other people's lives, wow. whether I got money or not my money. Most of my time is, is not around money. It's listening to people and mentoring people and discipling men. And uh, so um, it's just a, a, a romance that's worth the ride. <laughs> and um, he's blessed me on the sacred race. I mean, I'm still centered. Doris can tell you a lot of, she can sit over and tell you a lot of stories. But uh, <laughs> uh, I feel so blessed because, you know, he's a jealous God and he's got a hole in their heart. And, and finally I filled it with the right yeah. thing. And it's been a joyful ride, uh, not just about the prosperity thing. We've just been blessed to give back to time and money, you know, um, and to be overwhelmed with his love. You know, a lot of Christians, as I visit with them, they've never, they're Christians, but they've never been overwhelmed by his love. They, they've never internalized it where, where it's a sweet gift, mm -hmm. and it just changes you further. When, when it's overflowing us, it will flow out on others and touch yeah. people. Yeah. And uh, I think that, by the way, don't you appreciate Terry's testimony? Would you just say thank you, Lord? <laughs> thank you for sharing. The book is in the bookstores.
It, it's really, it's really clear. It's really easy <laughs> reading, and it's broken out. It's actually outlined good. I'm not the world's greatest outliner, you know. I just got to cut, cut loose. This is really, really good, and it's, it's going to bless you. And I, I really hope you'll get it. You know, I believe that our viewers, and I've said it many times, I think you're the most giving, unselfish people in the world. Think about this: we show you an opportunity to put arms of love around somebody and you step up. All over the world right now, there are people who are crying out in behalf of their family. Betty, we've watched so many moms, so many grandparents weeping at the graves of their little children. And they lost them because of contaminated water, dirty water, it's the only water they had. It was like going and just getting a disease. And it didn't kill them instantly, but it killed them. Sometimes it's a long period of time of extreme pain. And there's a perfect cure in those mothers, every one of them, we, we get a translator to tell us what they're saying. They just don't want to lose another child. They don't want somebody to lose a child. If I could just not lose this child, they'll say. Guess what? Now listen to me. That prayer has the answer right now, looking at us. You're the answer to that prayer. You are in this moment the hands of Jesus that give the cup of water. And you know what Paul said to the Philippian Christians? Think about it. He said, you're the only ones that gave. Nobody, this is the greatest missionary that ever lived. He said, at this time, no one gave but you. But he said, my God knows. Now listen to what he said. My God shall meet all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He didn't say, those of you who are sensitive, you become the miracle. My God's going to meet all your desires, all your wishes, all your... No, no. He says He's going to meet your needs out of the riches in Christ. Something happens when you become that person that says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the miracle. I'm not only going to give a cup of water. I'm going to give toward a well of water. And we're committed right now with your help, right now to drill 200 water wells, 15 nations. Would you right now reach out? I want you to listen. I want you to watch. I want you to hear God. Then you be the answer to that prayer. So uh, life isn't easy in this area. Talking about water here is a serious issue. Very serious because people are dying are getting sick from drinking bad water in this area. Uh, so these people are really suffering. They need help. You can walk all around. You're not going to find any clean water here. Now you can imagine how are they surviving. And we know that water is life. The water is, it's filthy, it's dirty. It's contaminated, filled with disease, but it's all they have, it's all they know. So imagine yourself being so thirsty that you drink this water and it's your only option. And in the back of your mind, you have that fear that you could possibly die from this water. You know, if you do something for this community, I think they will, uh, they'll be great, grateful forever. 
So thank you so much for coming. I hope God is going to use you yes, I hope to, so too. to bless this community with Amen. a clean water. Wow, I just want you to be an answer to that prayer. When that wonderful overseer mission caring person said, I hope, that hope was more than I hope, it was a prayer, Betty. And you heard the prayer of that woman so typical of so many. Would you be the one that Paul said, you're the ones that when others didn't, you did? Would you be the one that did? My God shall supply all of your need. Meet every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God knows what you need. God knows what that little village needs and others. You could do that. Do you realize there's some of you who could give a well? Betty and I ask God to let us give a well every time the missionaries point us to need. Would you let us give one? And he heard that prayer. Some of you could give a well. Betty, many people give toward a well, 1,200, 2,400. Pray it'll be matched or three others join. But most of the support comes with people giving $48 or, you know, enough to drill water well to give water for 10 people the rest of their life. So the gift is just amazing. We need everybody to do what God's I put on their like heart. I we can all do something, contribute toward drilling the water wells. It, like James says, it gives them water for life. And I watched that precious mother go down to the dirty, filthy, diseased water. And you think, as a mother, I would never offer that water to my children. Yes, you would if that's all you had, knowing that it would possibly kill them. But that's all she could do. She said, I have nothing else to offer them. Let's give her something else to offer them, pure, clean water that will bring the life to their little bodies. Please join with us. You know, we're sending a, a gift of praying, grace, devotional, insight, thoughts. What you're doing is you're giving grace in answer to heart cries and prayers. We're giving a little tumbler to people that everybody that sees it and has it says, this is beautiful. I am praying grace, Acts 20, 32. And you know here in the advanced civilized world of the U.S. and Canada and so many places in South America, in Europe and Asia and Australia, you know you can put something clean in here. We're saying this to say thank you. But you have been giving water for life and we are presenting clearly the water of life, Jesus. Would you right now go online or dial that number, would you please, and say, I'm gonna be the miracle answer to prayer. Mercy's gonna walk right into their lives, right into their village, and they're gonna have water for life. And they're gonna hear clearly about the water of life because we're gonna demonstrate his love. Would you take your bank card? Would you make the best gift you can right now? online or dial that number. Use it like a check. Please, if you write a check, make it to life. That's what you're giving. Thank you so much for your response. Thank you for sharing God's love and sharing life with so many in desperate need. Today, a mother living in extreme poverty will do the unthinkable 
give her children dirty, disease-filled water that she knows could kill them. With no other choice, what's a mother to do? With your help, clean water is on the way. Mission Water for Life provides a way for parents to save the lives of their children, to offer them a bright future free from the fear of death. With your gift today, you can help drill and establish the first 200 water wells of the year. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five children. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15. And $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we'll send you the Praying Grace 55-Day Devotional. This new devotional will help you renew your mind to the realities of God's grace and help you pray powerful grace-based prayers for each day. With your gift of $100 or more, request the Praying Grace Tumbler. This reusable 16-ounce container is constructed with insulated stainless steel, perfect for hot or cold beverages. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request the beautiful new commemorative bronze sculpture safe in the shepherd's arms. Please call, write, or make your gift online. I'm sitting here on the edge of the water in Burundi, Africa with this little boy. And um, when I look at his belly, it's, it's not because he's just had a great big meal. It's, it's actually because he's been drinking this water. I don't even know if I would call this water. It's filthy, it's so dirty. It's filled with contamination. And I know that he's in the condition he's in because he's been drinking this water. If we could come in here and drill a well where he could drink off of that water, instead of this filthy, dirty water. I've seen it work before. I know that it works. I know that it turns around quickly for these children. I know that water for life can change, not just one life, but so many lives around the world. Let's do something right now for Burundi, Africa. Let's do it together. Let's change this little guy's life. Let's turn it around for him. We have a chance to do that. Go online, make a phone call, and give whatever you can give the best gift that you can give. Well, Betty and I join to say in behalf of every mother, every grandparent, every person, every missionary praying for precious people to have clean water, believing that you're the answer to that prayer. If you'd like to have Terry Looper's book, Sacred Pays, when I tell you this is easy, inspirational, exciting, uplifting reading, I'm not exaggerating. You can hear God and I believe Terry will help you. What a blessing. If you'd like to have this book, it's in the bookstores. You can get it online. But you help us give water, and you say, would you mind sending us Mr. Looper's book? We'll send it to you to say thanks. Would you join Betty and me in saying thanks to Terry for sharing with us, Terry? God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, sweetheart. God bless you, Doris. Thank you for being an answer to somebody's prayer. Thanks for sharing life.
Tomorrow, Onika McClellan sought affirmation through romantic relationships and worldly status until God transformed her heart and gave her a mission. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.